Welcome to Godfellas, the podcast that's ready to sing. I'm Pastor Jimmy, and today we have a wonderful guest. You you know him, you love him. He is a, a great pastor. He's a great salesman, a great worship leader, and just a great all-around guy, Mr. Scott Swires. Whoop! Ooh. <laughs> what have I sold, Jimmy? You sold some, just in our preliminary talks, you sold me on uh, soft-skinned Bibles with the perfect font. You sold me on hoodies. You sold me on <laughs> translations. And you just sell me sell me on everything. He's, he could sell snow to a snowman. He's, he's the best <laughs> salesperson in the room. Every time Scott starts talking, I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 good. Mm-hmm. I like this guy. Yeah. yeah. He could be like lead a cult. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a great idea. Oh, my goodness. We all have our ambitions. Oh, we do. And, you know, one of my ambitions was was to record this episode tonight about um, praise and worship music. So here's here's the quick story. Um, the strike is still going on. And I was thinking, you know, like, let's just I just want to talk. There's some episodes where I just want to talk and I don't necessarily need. I don't know if catalyst would be the right word. But like sometimes I, I I'm like I want to just try keeping something vague adjacent or maybe not vague but like a more broad topic and talk about that and I was thinking you know I I love worship music but I also have a lot of thoughts about it I'd love to talk about that and I was like Hannah what about doing a praise and worship music podcast and she was like oh like Scott show more than a song and I was like oh. <laughs> I call it like you see it yeah. <laughs> So we had to have we had to have Scott come to talk about um, this. But for our listeners who don't know, could you tell us about uh, more than a song, Scott? Uh, yeah, I do it with my buddy Marty Michaels, and um, it was kind of like a thing we always wanted to get together and do a podcast. And we both enjoy worship, but more so the idea that worship is really about the presence of God. So. If it is not cre- creating and cultivating an atmosphere for God's presence to show up, why do it? So we thought, mm-hmm. well, what can we do? Instead of just saying, you know, you go into it, everybody does it. They go in there, they listen to worship, and they're like, oh, it's just not hitting me today. It's just not. So we thought, is there something that we can do more positive to say, hey, let's help worship leaders. Let's help pastors understand worship from their end. Let's help people who are engaging, who are the worshipers. So we created this podcast called More Than a Song. So that's what it's about. Amazing. Amazing. Um, so when we say praise and worship for the the sake of this uh, conversation, uh, just put it out, we're generally referring to like the music in church, like the, as they call it, time of praise and worship, because, you know, technically we're always worshiping um, whatever we're doing. It just, you know, depends what we're worshiping in, in different scenarios. But the idea of praise and worship as a dedicated time of corporate worship, as it, as it's called by some, and I know corporate can 
sound like a bit of a yuck word. <laughs> um, but I mean, that's what it is. It's it's us coming together and singing. So, uh, Jimmy, as a pastor, what would you say the role of praise and worship is in? How do I want to phrase this? The idea on Sunday of, morning of just, in worship, yeah, like in a Sunday morning setting. What is the what? I, I mean, we could even just go with with keeping it vague. What is praise and worship in the church setting? Yeah, so I I don't know if it's old school or what what camp it is, but I'm firmly in the camp that that praise and worship on a Sunday morning should be thematic, like. The, so you know, if the song is, if the sermon's about, it's it's a if it's a a passion sermon, right? You're gonna sing passion related worship songs, and passion not just by like outside worship. Yes. yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So then you want it to be, yeah, you want it to go along with the theme, and also it kind of sets the sets the the heart and the mind to pre- and prepares us to receive God's word that day. So there might be some bangers on the. On the radio stations, but if they're if they're not thematic, you know, it's hard. And it's hard, and sometimes you gotta shoehorn a song in, but I always think that it and no matter what the songs are, even if they're on theme or if they're off theme, it's it's preparing our hearts and our minds to receive God's word for us that morning. Yeah, I I, I was wondering, I was thinking about this the other day. Um I'm not a big fan of like repeat after me prayers, but I do realize that the value is like sometimes you don't know what to say. And I think kind of the act of singing praise and worship at some base level, it's, you know, I in this corporate setting don't know what to say. So we're all going to sing something and agree on it. And that's, you know, been something that's been really fun to think about. But then also this idea about if it's all working together with, like you were saying, Jimmy, the sermon, it's like, this is going to get me starting to think about you know, the message and the word that I'm going to hear later. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even just in the history of it, looking back, um, I was just talking with somebody today because uh, one of the things that's kind of going away from younger generations is the hymn books Yeah, and old, old hymns. And I always say like, um, I do not think John Wesley would be who he became <laughs> if Charles was not writing songs. So John was very pushy with like, he came up with his ideas, his theological ideas, and he had the encouragement of Charles and other people around him. But there was something about Charles being able to put it to music that really got it into the people. So um, a spiritual dad of mine, I I quoted him this previous Sunday, uh, Charles Roberts. He used to tell me what you hum is what you become. So the idea of worship being part not just one element, but it's like, you know, how do you separate one ingredient from a recipe? Like you need all the ingredients, right, to get there. So that is one ingredient out of something that's happening on Sunday in order to get mm-hmm. this final outcome. So it, it becomes pivotal pivotal to engage people, get their imaginations, get their hearts. But even like you're saying, there's something about having those words prepared for you by somebody who's thought about it and meditated on it, that it's a a transference, a very positive transference. If you can engage, have a worshiper who writes these songs for you that you can stay along to. I like the idea of it almost being like a crafted prayer. I've never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, sorry, Jimmy, I cut you off. Oh, I was going to yeah. say, what you hum is what you become, is put that on a, on a t-shirt. That was great. <laughs> I mean, that's true, and I hum all the time, so. <laughs> but I mean, I think, like, even, you know, and and you could even get into this, there's people who push back against the idea of, of worship, and we'll get into this a little later, but, you know, because it's a chord progression that's, like, pleasant or whatever the idea that it's tricking you into an emotion and you know i would say that's not particular to praise and worship like hannah and i were playing pickleball today and we put on um like just some pop punk and it made the experience way better so i think that (laughs) in that setting like music just like it adds a different flavor and again that's not inherently I wouldn't even say inherently that's not wrong. I, I, you know, think that music is just an important part of like how we connect and we, and we get on the same page. Um, and something I've been, something I've been thinking about a lot lately is, um, I remember hearing, um, Mark hood, he was saying praise and worship music. Isn't just praise and worship music. Now, you know, it, it sells magazines. It sells, you know, for me, a guitar player, it sells, you know, different effects pedals and, and things like that. So um, I just kind of want to put this out there because I feel like this is one a lot of people might be pondering. Praise praise music. Do we feel like that's become an idol in a mo- in our modern idea and setting of church? I think it's been that way for a long time. Sure. So um, if you look at the uh, history of the vineyard, John Wimber, who managed the Righteous Brothers and had a band of his own and was an accomplished instrumentalist, when the vineyard started going, he would not have professional musicians as part of the worship team because it was that very thing. So to prevent somebody using that as their own platform to make it about them instead of the movement of God, he made a thing saying no professionals. Wow. Well, and it's it's such an interesting point um, about no professionals because I think the flip side of that is I've seen praise and worship used as a tool to keep like young people in the church. You know what I mean? Like. I know you play with your punk band throughout, you know, throughout the week, but like, why don't you go <laughs> a Sunday morning and like come fill fill in on bass? You know, it's like, almost like it's like a bargaining chip for for some. And I'm not saying that that's that's for everybody, but I mean, you you make a good point, Hannah, as you know, a very accomplished singer. Oh, thank you. I, <laughs> do thank you think? You. I mean, do you? And again, I'm not saying. I if you're listening, I hope you're not thinking that i'm saying like oh if you sing at your church that's bad i'm not saying that i'm saying you know you go on the internet and there's people who you know go look at any bethel video you'll see that it has you know millions and millions of views and you'll see that you know Mm -hmm. there's all these churches that people want to go to because like the songs are awesome and and they're cool yeah so like that's more so what i'm weighing in on see the first thing i thought of was not even that it was um so I'm sure if you're on the internet um, and you have some sort of engagement with religious content, you've seen uh, the troll song videos that were really popular over the summer, um, which is Michael friends with that guy? He is, yeah. Michael uh, Williams. Michael Williams, our famous podcast friend. Um, 
So, you know, he has the songs like... Um, your love is bussin', bussin'. <laughs> or uh, when the world is mid, you are gas. You are gas. Which is joking that Gen Z is including these words, like Chuggy. slang and... Yeah, in, in worship songs. But the thing is, like, what makes it so funny for us, and Zach and I talked about this at the time, was that we've actually seen some of that come into more mainstream worship music not mainstream christian music mainstream worship music like i've seen it in congregational settings and videos of people just dancing and that to me feels like the trivial like trivializing i can't speak you know what i mean of worship music that it becomes sort of this, oh, let's just have fun and see what kind of slang we can put in instead of an outpouring of truth, an outpouring of adoration. You know, yeah. the focus is on, oh, isn't this kind of a cool coincidence? And not entirely, like, I think the focus entirely needs to be on God. Like, not even yeah. 1% yeah. of it can be on, oh, look how fun this is. Like, it can be fun because we're worshiping, but like, you know, like that, it has to entirely be on the Lord. Um, that's the goal, right? That's the aim. So I think that is the first thing I thought of is like, I've seen that not, and it's not taken over, but that's something I see on the rise and I'm kind of anxious about it. But I think you make a great point. I mean, about people wanting to go to churches because there's cool music. Um, well, and yeah. How many people have I heard say, oh, I really want to go to, I really want to go to Hillsong or I really want to go to Bethel, not knowing yeah. anything about those churches, what they yeah. believe in, what denomination they are, and just because they've heard their songs on the radio. Yeah. Well, and it's, and it's interesting because I even think about the church that Hannah and I attend now. You know, we started going because they had a really cool sign in front of their building. And I was like, that seems like, you know, a place we might, we might want to check out. And our and this is 100% a true story. And it's not going to make me sound great, but, you know, I'll, I'll own it. We went in and someone was playing the organ. And the first thing I thought was wrong church. You know, you know, like the first thing I was like, oh, this mm -hmm. isn't this isn't the spot for us. And also yeah. we showed up on Bluegrass Sunday where they're playing all these bluegrass songs. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, oh, well, <laughs> time to time to start the search again. But then, you know, like the sermon was inspired and really thoughtful and, yeah. you know, made me consider a lot of things in new ways. And then. You know, the community was so loving. They went to great lengths to tell us it's not normally like yeah, this. They apologized <laughs> so much. But but even that, like, it was a real reality check for me about, like, you know, goodness, how many times have I been like, oh, the, the fog machine was broken. The service was bad. You, you know, or, like, which, yeah. which are Sorry. all real things. Or even like, even myself thinking back to, gosh, how, how silly of it was me, like, and even still. Like when I'm in a series of worship songs, like we're in a we're in that po like portion of the meeting, and it's like a song I don't know, and I'm like, well, great, now it's <laughs> now it's ruined. I don't minutes. know these songs, <laughs> rather than meditating on the words, yeah, um, mm -hmm. or praying. Mm -hmm. Like even if I'm not resonating with the words, like just doing my own thing and praying, and um, and I still do that. Like I I think that's something like uh, God. I will admit here on this podcast. I still do it. Sure. <laughs> but I think I wanted to add that to your string yeah. of examples. Yeah. Well, also, like, Jimmy and Scott, I mean, I guess it, you know, this might be inviting you to be more vulnerable than you'd like, but do Please, you... Please, um, share every personal detail 
Well, I mean, like, Let's do, do you feel because of, I guess, church culture and like particularly, you know, because I, I do think music is the driver of a lot of it. I don't see as many sermons like shared. It's more like it's more songs or like snippets of sermons or whatever. But do you feel the pressure is on because of, I guess, the uh, the influence of praise and worship as like a genre of music? Do you want to weigh in? Do you feel the pressured? Yeah. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's challenging. I mean, just the idea of you said the 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 culture behind it, and I think we've kind of uncovered it in little comments here or there. It's sometimes, I mean, you're never going to please everyone, and that's a hard part too i mean we're trying to please god with our worship it's an it's an offering but like hannah joking you know if you don't know the song it, the set is ruined or if it's vibe. Uh, bluegrass Sorry. yeah the vibe is ruined if uh, <laughs> it's a bluegrass song it's ruined so it's it's challenging picking songs that not only one are thematic too but then two are relevant like every church has its culture so there might mm. be songs that like everyone in that church kind of no, so those might just be a go-to. I know we have a handful of go-tos, but yeah, we just try to... Um, I don't know if we're limited. Um, I think this group, we talked about Jesus Revolution and how the music was a driving force in that, right? Yeah. So that was kind of inspired, and we did have to let go of some of the things But on a Sunday. But also we talked in the very beginning about hymns and how they're important, and maybe we should hold on to those. I know on Sunday I try to do one hymn, one, like, 80s 90s early 2000s worship song and then a worship song that came out in at least the last eight years and that's usually three songs a sunday and that's that's our mix but maybe you would hit more people if you just leaned boom we're just going to do hymns and you get the hymn crowd or oh we're just going to do contemporary and you do the contemporary crowd i don't know what do you think scott yeah it's it's really tough um i remember listening to rita springer who's a worship leader um, and she talked about how she was on tour doing some things and a member of a very well-known Christian group came up to her and confessed he didn't even have faith. Wow. Oh. So yeah. there's there's these moments where you realize it definitely has to be about something more and that has to be the target because you'll never pick the right songs. You'll never pick the right. Mm-hmm. It has to be guided by the Holy Spirit or else you just are yeah. never going to land. Um, and even mm. in composing these songs, you can hear well-crafted. And there was an article, I can't remember which magazine. There was a magazine that recently came out with an article about talking about how every Christian pop song sounds the same. And it does it. Yeah. And John Christ like, nailed it. He recently did mm-hmm. a meme about <laughs> making the perfect Christian worship song. And he mm. nails it. Like he does hit every single element and kind of points it. So there can be this recipe where you understand culture enough that you could do this to make people have an emotional response. Yeah. But we've all, I think we've all had times where you've gone into the worship service and you don't feel God's presence. You just went through these songs and you don't feel him. And I've shared it before on more than a song about an encounter I had with God where Late one night while I was going to, I used to be an IT specialist and I had to go work on some servers at like two in the morning. And on my way in, I typically had worship music on and I was listening to the song and I was like, oh my gosh. And it was rocking me. It was just like, oh, just like just waves of God's presence. I was getting like 
going to begin to cry. And it finishes, and the DJ goes, and that's the new song by Katy Perry called Unconditional. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> yes. instantly offended. Yeah. I was so yeah. offended that I was having a worship experience to Katy Perry. I mean, I I kind of like, you know, you know, two degrees away from her, kind of like, no, like she does things. She still search. She comes from a Christian background. She has her own stuff. So it's like not out of the realm of possibility to understand that she could write a song, but to have to actually face the fact that there is something about seeking God's presence and sincerity that actually create cultivates an atmosphere of worship. So you could have somebody write a pop song on a non-Christian station that's more mm-hmm. worship than some of these songs we do on Sunday, just because we're mm-hmm. like, oh, this sounds good. Let's let's put it here. Or these people, it, the temptation is always, well, I know they know this song and they'll sing along, right? Oh, I know this wow. this fits well. Yeah. There's a lot of temptation of just like throwing these things in rather than saying, okay, God, like you're talking about vulnerability and it really is. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're just we're gonna do this. Nobody nobody might sing this song with me. Uh, I've done lots of times where when I first started to use the song "Evidence" by Josh Baldwin, yeah, I was like, I've I've I I know Josh from years ago. We both went to Morningstar, and so mm-hmm. I've listened to him lead worship for I I would say like fifteen years, right? So like. I li- I listen and I'm I'm like I know him and I know his passion and I have this history. But then even to hear this song, I was like, I know I touch with it, but you know, for a group the a congregation I led, it was a little too to them it almost seemed like country music. Like his sure, <laughs> style yeah. of song. Yeah. <laughs> you know, being from the South, they're like, This is like country music, right? But I was like, there's something about this song that we have to sing right now is this declaration. We need to fight fear and we need to fight it with the testimony of Jesus. There's something in the song. So sometimes you introduce a song, you're like, you know, I know this is going to go down like a rat sandwich, but let's just do this. And sometimes it's like, you got to be honest with your congregation. We're going to work this thing out with fear and trembling. There's something here that we have to pursue. So I think sometimes pastors and worship leaders need to have this, this talk like, listen, this is not me performing. This is not me leading in the sense of you're going to do whatever I say. I'll stand for worship. <laughs> we are yeah. together trying to go after something. So let's say we're going after something. This is a tool we're going to use to go after it. And let's go until we get there. Yeah. The, I mean, gosh, what an interesting point that you make about we're going to work through this together. And I think something I'm thinking about is I think, I feel like, and especially as worship leaders, you you really have to be careful because uh, my friend Aaron McCombs, he says, there are some worship songs that are meant for you to sing by yourself. Like there are songs where you're like you're meant to sing it in a quiet in the quiet place and like sometimes really kind of like rustle it out and and go through it together. But it would be. I would say like there's some songs that and I don't want to I don't want to call anybody out but there's some worship songs that I've heard and I'm I'm kind of like how dare you 
like put that in your congregation's mouth for them all to sing in agreement right now, you know, like there, and there's a lot there about the idea of like, God, you want to give up on me, but you don't. It's like, I don't, I don't believe that. I, like there's an empty grave yeah. that, you know, says otherwise, like, I don't want to, <laughs> but you can yeah. feel that and like, mm-hmm. and talk and like talk that out with God in your devotions. But how dare you like stand up there and now say, I'm going to, I'm going to sing that with you, you know? So I think it becomes an idol when, you know, I've heard like the, you know, the words are a bit sketchy, but the song's just so good. It's like, well, it's more than a song. It's, you know, it sure it's, it's testimony. <laughs> it's, it's part of, it's part of our offering to God, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think that really moved me was, um, I heard Phil Driscoll teach on Psalm 22. And for those that don't know, Phil Driscoll was a trumpet player. He was super popular in the nineties and stuff like that. Um, and he, he taught on <laughs> Psalm 22, three, which talks about that God is enthroned in the praises of his people. So he yeah. taught on worship as cultivating and creating the atmosphere where God's presence comes to rule and reign. So when yes. you have that in your mind for your congregation, you're like, hey, you're disturbing the atmosphere. You're, you're physically, literally changing. This isn't just uh, mm-hmm. my emotions. When you are singing, you're breathing, you're putting air, when you're dancing, you could be drawing, you could be an artist. You're moving and mm. disturbing the atmosphere, transforming it into a place for God's presence to come and be God. So often I feel like, I feel like a big thing that's missing and where it becomes an idol is you lose your focus off God's presence. Yeah. Congregations really need taught that people need taught that. Like I didn't wake up one day and think I'm going to do that. You know, I've heard people talk about worship. So I think that there's like a miss in teaching about worship so that people can worship. Just like we, we don't really, I shouldn't say we don't, but there's often gaps in teaching on prayer. So people don't know you could learn how to pray better. Sometimes people feel like if you can't pray, then you're just not holy. Like if you were holy enough, you'd pray better. Right, you right. <laughs> Same yeah. thing with well, worship. Well, then, well, on that note, I, I also want to, I, I wonder, because I'm thinking about, you know, the idea of, of like, you make it an idol when it's not about God and it's about something else and you're doing it as an act of worship. Um, I even wonder, and you know, uh, this is something I I'm going to make space cause I could be totally wrong, but I'm just thinking, do we make it an idol when we don't hold worship music to a standard, you know, like, because I'm thinking about how many times, and you know, this could be my heart also, but how many times I've been distracted because, you know, that guitar is out of tune or like, Hey, the bass yep. player doesn't know how to play and I'm hearing wrong notes or like that singer's that singer's singing really like all the notes are wrong, yeah. you know? And this idea of, <laughs> but we want, but we love to see them participate. And, and that's and just on our live stream. Community, but, <laughs> no, no, no. But, yeah. no Could but, you imagine the like, same people had this, that standard for teachers or pastors? Sure. Oh, sure. Like, yeah. oh, you're going to get up and give this message close enough. Right. <laughs> and I'm not mm. saying like when like the kids choir gets up or something that I'm like, all right, prove it. But I mean, <laughs> well, well, gosh, I say I say that and I'm going to sound like a jerk. But I was at a church uh, Christmas church service, you know, last Christmas. And 
they had the kids get up and read scripture and no one was like stumbling over their words and nobody was like they weren't doing it like aren't we cute they were doing it seriously and in a clear way and i was like this was so beautiful seeing that they prepared and that like they put in the work and i think that's why you know it's a call to do it like skillfully because i think there's any time of here's someone doing their offering you know or like here's this you know this family that they really they love to sing and we can you know appreciate that offering too but i think when we're in the act of like i'm right now i'm leading or like somebody else is leading and we just kind of let it be bad because like well you know let's let's let them let's let them do it yeah you know because i I think there's some people who are like, they're just going to hear wrong notes and aren't going to be able to work through that. I don't know. I I went on a date with someone in college and he was um, studying worship arts as his major. And he said to me, he said like, I grew up with this mentality and I still believe it that like worship needs to be perfect. You mm. you need to present a perfect offering of worship. It needs to be technically perfect, and that really disturbed me because I never grew up with that. I also like understand that part of that is biblical, um, but this idea that everyone's worship had to be technically perfect or it wasn't worship. This idea of like another guy I know that went to college who loved to sing, but was so tone deaf i feel bad but he'll say it himself he he would literally say to people like i would give up an arm if i so i could sing like yeah. this idea that do you just mean the band or do you mean everyone because i don't think that worship is just the band on stage oh yeah no like it, it does everyone need to have so like in a way i understand like yes let's practice let's make it the best offering that it can be but as long as it's a true motive in the heart of this is the best I can give. It doesn't need to be technically perfect. It just yeah. needs to be honest. It reminds mm. me of the widow's might. You know, yeah. Jesus is watching yeah. the Pharisee give, and he says he just gave out a surplus. She yeah. gave everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> when you look at that, and there is a difference, and I feel like even the congregation picks up on it because it's spiritual reality. So you can have somebody get up there and they're barely strumming that guitar and you can feel mm-hmm. God's presence because it's the yeah. widow's might. And at the mm-hmm. same time, you could have people go up who are polished and you're like, that's the Pharisee surplus. <laughs> yeah. And that's, and that's a good point. I do think, I think as a leader, it, it comes down to knowing your people, you know what I mean? Like knowing, yeah, maybe they're not the best guitar player and we could turn them down, but you know what? Like they just yeah. love they they love being you know a leader in this capacity um you know or you and i mean also it doesn't even necessarily always have to be music i think that you know a lot of times though we we put so much emphasis on like well it's got to sound good or the it doesn't have to sound good you know what i mean like yeah. Yeah. i don't think either it, we want it to sound good of course but i think also the idea of just like yeah it's worship it's okay if it, you know what i mean it's worship it doesn't yeah. sound, it's okay but the, the idea of that it's you know i like the term worship pastor because you know it's in the same way if you couldn't you know if you weren't a, a teacher you really couldn't get up there and preach either you know what i mean like yeah you could give a motivational speech but that's not that's not why we're at church right can i oh sorry no scott you go i was i was just thinking because uh doing so much with marty over the years it's very interesting 
because people he has a very good voice he has a yeah. ridiculous range for his yes. voice oh goodness, yes. and it is it is strong um so there are times where because he'll play with unbound or other groups there are times people miss what's happening but i've had a lot of times where i've got to see it just be him and a guitar mm-hmm. and you and you feel it yeah. So for him, it's you. God's presence is there, whether he's with a, a huge group of practice musicians, or when we were in Brooklyn, it was just him and the people that were available. Some of them gifted, some of them not as strongly gifted, and God's presence was there. And that's one wow. of the things that led to our podcast. I was like, okay, this can't just happen with you. This needs transferred. Like there's something mm. happening in the worship here. So when it comes down to skill, which is real, because I, I remember Phil Lager said one time, there's nothing that ruins a moment like a wrong note. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. yep. And it's just like the reality. But in that, he said, practice. Practice it yeah. before you go. Practice it before you go. Because you do want to do like yeah. the polished thing. And it does detract. But at the same time, if you're pursuing God, oh man, you know, love covers a multitude of sins. Yeah, that's true. Can I share a story that's a little off the subject, but still kind of the offering of worship from... So when I was in college at Asbury, in Hughes Auditorium, we had to go to chapel three times a week. Um, Hughes, Pastor Jimmy, (laughs) spelled the exact same way. Uh, We went to chapel three times a week. I shouldn't say we had to go. We went to chapel three times a week. and we had assigned seating um and my so like they they had different sections like the freshmen sit in the balcony the juniors sit on the bottom left side the seniors sit on the bottom right side and the sophomores sit right in the middle so my sophomore year i was put in the second row um (laughs) for my assigned seating which was um the worst because i hate when people can see me um when i'm sitting that sounds so weird but at the time that was and that has nothing to do with the story but (laughs) i was very close to the stage that's important um we had a church come lead worship for us during and chapel wasn't always necessarily like a chapel sometimes it was more of a lecture or an assembly of sorts like um sometimes it would be sermons and sometimes it would be devotionals and sometimes it would be topical speaking um but there was always music and we had a church come and it was a guy that i had seen in worship before and i really didn't like his leading because i thought it was very arrogant um and he came back and he had us all stand after the sermon and just start singing all right everyone Walking around these walls, oh, 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 I thought by now they fall, and never <laughs> failed me. It was that the entire song, and I have never, ever, ever in my life heard a room so silent. I mean, yeah, and also that auditorium is huge. Huge. It's huge. and just this idea of like i think everyone has a story about arrogant worship leading but it's not just arrogant worship leading um 
it's choices that aren't made in the spirit. Yes. Sometimes as a singer, there's this idea of like, I could do a riff there. I could jump the octave there. But my prayer has always been when I'm leading is God, let it not be me, but your your spirit um, yeah. coming through my voice. Let me be the vessel. Let your spirit come out. Because I fully believe that with the gift that I've been given from the Lord, that he can use that to to move people. Um, mm. that that gift can be used for his glory. So like this idea of like, okay, well, let my choices be motivated by you. Like, yeah. if, if I were to put like an octave jump in somewhere or even just sing slightly different than the melody, but still like on key, mm. if that were to bring somebody into your presence, then by all means do it and let me not remember it. <laughs> or let me, sure, sure. let me be a little critical about it later. Like, yeah. um, yeah. And I believe he's done that. Um, and I believe there's been times I've been arrogant as well. But yeah. I think sometimes there's this idea of like, you can make choices and do things that um, is not standard to what's written. But if it's not motivated, if it's not done by the Holy Spirit, if it's not motivated by the Lord, like that in and of itself, I would say is wrong too. Um, and that's a reminder for me as well. I think I've really chilled down with that. <laughs> versus when i started leaning in the first place um but i always i will never forget that moment and i will never forget because this is the other thing when you sorry i'm going on a tangent when you make choices like that you're ex it, it, it can be um excluding people from singing along because mm -hmm. how am i supposed mm -hmm. to follow the melody if i don't know it yeah and yeah. you start doing the, or i singing the melody and you're doing all these things and now i'm clashing with it so i think of that guy like how is even if we all knew the song, how are we all going to sing along to that? Yeah. Yeah. What well, say able to sing along yeah. to that? Well, and I think, and I've said on this show and I've said in life, you know, being on the worship team should not be you making amends because your band in high school didn't make it, which, <laughs> which is harsh. I, I realize that, but you know, there's a lot of people who, like I said, you know, Oh, I, I play guitar. I used to play in this band and now like I, I play at church and things like that. And I'm, I mean, I'm in a praise and worship guitar player group and you see that all the time. And, you know, in that group, and I'm guilty of it too. There's not a lot of like scripture being shared, you know what I mean? And there's not a lot yeah. of like, Hey, as guitar players, like, here's what, here's what we should be doing, you know? And, and I'm, I'm guilty of that too, because it's, it's fun to talk about gear and, and stuff like that. But I think like even, you know that can anything can become an idol you know so i think it's it, there's just a the idea about watching yourself yeah. you know can i also share one more story sorry yes, yes. i was reminded of this yeah. sorry everyone story time <laughs> never this i is feel like there should be music content, for hannah. hannah story time <laughs> hit the stinger in a war um <laughs> so there was a season where i would because I'm very aware that I've been given a, a wonderful gift with my singing. Um, and it has been, I have been very um, watched in the sense of people have been very um, apprehensive of making sure it doesn't go to my, my head. Not in a bad way, but you know, my, my parents want to make sure that I wasn't <laughs> too cocky of a kid or like, um, you know. And I can be very, very, I can be very hard on myself as well. I, I mean, we're our, we're our own worst critics and whatever we're skilled in. Um, but there was a season where I was leading consistently and it was not at the same place. Like I wasn't leading in church every week. Like I was doing 
quote unquote gigs, so to say, like I was spending time with different groups and different people and doing not just worship like in a service, but also like projects. So like filming things ahead of time. And and I would say people would come up to compliment me and I just felt the urge to say like, it's all him. Like, thank you. It's all him. Like, it's all Jesus. It's all the Lord. Um, Yeah. And somebody um, that I'm not particularly close to, but I've worked with a lot, kind of said to me, no, don't do that. And like threw me off guard. And I went, huh? And they were like, no, accept the compliment. It's okay. (laughs) Just accept the compliment. And at the time I was like, yeah, I can accept the compliment. Satan. What? (laughs) Satan. Satan. And I recently, like a week ago, thought of this and then thought of, you know, this person and I aren't on the best of terms, perhaps. So (laughs) maybe I was just motivated by the fact that we're not on the best of terms. But I thought (laughs) of it and I thought, no, I'm, I'm kind of upset that I accepted that. I'm kind of upset that I let someone yell, like not yell at me, but like put me down for putting the focus on the Lord. And I meant it. Like, it wasn't like I was just saying it. Like, there was a time where I was like, no, it really is him. Like, and now I'm kind of like, I, I'm, I'm sad that I kind of let that happen. And that now I, I want to course correct because I do want to acknowledge that it's a gift. Like, how often am I really stopping and thinking about how much of a gift it is that I've been given this ability to sing? And, and now I'm like, oh, shame on me. It's difficult to navigate. Happen. I, yeah. A senior yeah. pastor of ours, um, one of his favorite things to say was, there's a ditch on both sides of the road. <laughs> oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it's always, and just to tell you, like, I, I, would, I would totally tease you, Hannah, if you did say, <laughs> it was all him. Because I have been him. trained to look at people and say, it wasn't that good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. oh my goodness Tabitha that's hilarious say it out loud whenever somebody says oh it's all him because i mean the beauty the beauty is and the beauty of having times of worship like this is um and i guess we'll get more into it but worship is has to be trinitarian it has to be mm-hmm. including father son holy spirit so the idea is relationship this is a moment of relationship that we get to have so we're corporate worship, as Zach was talking about at the beginning. It's corporate. There's the sense of relationship that's happening, relationship with us, ourselves, and our inner selves, relationship with the people next to us, and relationship with God that's going on. So there is this beautiful thing about being able to say, oh my gosh, you are so gifted for this moment. Mm-hmm. So it's a gift Anointed to even. me. It's a yeah. gift, right? There's like this thing that's happening. And to recognize that it is amazing because one of my favorite scriptures, God is playing, you know, things for us from the foundations of the earth that we get to mm. do. So when I think mm-hmm. about it, like, you know, I get to see Honey Initiative get up and do their thing. One of my thoughts is like, this is crazy that God has been waiting for this moment for all time. Mm-hmm. Like he knew this was going to happen. Whoa, whoa! So it, it it's kind of good, <laughs> but <laughs> and and in the sense, it's you know we're very human trying to do things, and um, it makes me you made me think of the late great Timothy Keller. He was talking about mm. preaching, and he said uh, he did a lecture on it and said, you know, they brought me in to teach you how to do a great sermon. He goes, I can't teach you guys how to give great sermons. 
I'll teach you how to give good ones. We'll talk about study. We'll talk about, <laughs> you know, cultural context. We'll talk about, and he said, we can build the altar and we can put the sacrifice on it, but it's the Holy Spirit's decision to let the fire fall. That's what makes it great. Mm. So we can yeah. talk about, and I think that we have to remember that really is our mindset on Sundays. So, you know, you create this worship list. You think it matches the teaching. You think it matches your people. You think it, you know, I practiced it so I can hit all the chords. My fingers now hurt. So maybe I practiced so hard. I won't even hit them right on Sunday. <laughs> You're thinking like, <laughs> okay, I did all this stuff. At the end of the mm-hmm. day, like, here's the altar, here's the sacrifice. And you just say, okay, God, your fire's going to fall or it's not. No matter what, I got to give you this offering. So that's awesome. Yeah. But let's and, see if the fire I, falls. Well, and I think at the same time, like the fact that it's it's your offering too is going to look different and that's okay. Like yeah. I think about like, for instance, the way that like Jimmy and I lead worship is, is kind of similar. You know, Jimmy and I both, we like to move around and, you know, like we like to smile. Like, you know, I, I like, we like to enjoy the time also and there's some guys who the songs are a lot slower and you know they're they're a lot more down but at the same time that doesn't mean like we're right and they're wrong like that's the thing is that like that we're worshiping with with different people which you know and i i think that that's cool especially that we get to hear so many like different voices you know now with the internet and i think like the last thing before we move on that i'll say about this subject in particular is this quote that i uh, i pulled from josh porter which is uh i don't want the power of god made manifest in my life held hostage by whether or not worship was awesome to me or if my week was particularly spiritual feeling or joyful or whether or not i'm suffering i want the power of the spirit when i'm working at my desk or in conversations with my family over dinner or watching a movie with my friends i want god's closeness in all of my life and i think that when you you know when that's what you're working towards and that spills over into you know worshiping together and you know the fact that it's not just music but that it's it's in everything that we do as a community of believers it's more than a song it is well well this is kind of a this is kind of a fun question um what would we say we've noticed and and let's i'm gonna say let's leave hymns out because i think we could agree hymns tend to be more like they, they're more storytelling and they're more like the like rich 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 theology but i would say like talking early praise and worship music like let's go like 60s 70s versus like now what are some of the biggest differences that that we see and again this isn't like meant to be one is bad one is good just what are what are some some things that we notice one thing about hymns yes hymns always end the last verse is always about when we meet jesus face to face yes when we go to and i don't see that as much i mean there's definitely songs that mention that yeah but i would say like that's not necessarily like that was a state like name any hymn i guarantee you it's in the last verse like yeah. I, I guarantee you the last verse is about that they um, did t- tend to take you from sin to glory like the yeah. whole journey and yeah I think you're pointing out a really big difference between then and now. You don't really hear songs very often that take you through the whole journey of faith from the moment you Mm. believe to the moment you see God in full glory. That's an awesome point. 
You've got your beautiful by Phil Wickham, and you've got. (laughs) Sorry, Zach. I know you said no hymns, but that's that's one I've noticed for a long time, and I think like it's not. I would say a staple, I guess, in songwriting today. Well, because I feel Mm. like hymns are in a class of their own, and I don't want to idolize hymns, but like they're they're really their own entity. I think. Mm. Yeah, I don't know anything about '60s or '70s worship, so. Nineties, yeah, like, like a couple decades. Yeah, I mean, like, basically. Yeah. Well, it's like kind of interesting that yeah. because I, you, you had this habit of having um, verses, like all these verses and yeah. these choruses. So when you think about just style, it's interesting. Somebody might be like, "Oh, let's just do verse one. We're just gonna do this like three times, you know?" Or the joke, like, mm-hmm. "We're just gonna stay on the bridge. We're just gonna do the bridge, like." And the idea that you can kind of cut and paste these songs, nobody yeah. would have ever thought. <laughs> like, I'm just going to shift the order. Um, like, something Marty and I talk about is my habit is I'm never quite comfortable transitioning from song to song. So I've noticed sure. that the end of songs match up with the next chorus. And a lot of times that'll help me kind of make the theological swing to the next idea. So I'll right. go, I'll start with a chorus. Like, I'm just going to start the next song instantly in the chorus. Like, you could never do that. Yeah. Like, with older yeah, songs. That's crazy. Like, modern songs, you no. can kind of do that with. Older songs, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking on the on the structure, I, that that is a note. Um, Maybe this is just a small sample size. If we upped the decades to the 90s, Scott, that's yeah, a good yeah. point. Uh, kind of mixing and matching and, and starting where you want. I feel like a lot of 90s and early 2000s worship songs are sort of a b heavy like i think of um uh open the eyes of my heart lord it's just two parts back there is no verse there is no yeah well there's a verse and a chorus but one could either be and there's even more songs that some songs i thought the chorus was the verse because it starts it and stuff or they'll yeah so i think that's interesting and then now i think it's more traditional like radio songs of verse one chorus verse two yeah. chorus bridge chorus and then if it's a live version eight more choruses if it's a radio <laughs> version that's where it ends yo yeah <laughs> so let the song be over sometimes though like let the song yeah. sometimes yeah. I save, see, it, save like, it for heaven because I, I can't remember i recently saw a song that was like chorus 3b <laughs> i was mm-hmm. like wait what? what how is there many what is this that's a legal yeah. document <laughs> <laughs> That's you funny. know, I was thinking though with the Jesus Revolution, it was really interesting how uh, I think like you almost get away from these structured hymns, and you yeah. had congregations start to say, "We're going to write our own stuff." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was interesting because then you have this personal testimony of the congregation. So the song yeah. depends on what they came out of. So then you, it's kind of funny, but you think you have like you know the Gaithers. They they evolved their own style, like that came oh, yeah. out of their their things, and then you have Keith Green, you know, coming <laughs> yeah. out. Yes. We we're talking. I, I I kept thinking about it during the Jesus Revolution while we we're talking about that because you have Keith Green and even Bob Dylan getting saved yeah. in the same churches while that's all going on. Like they're part of that story that we're just never told. They're there, <laughs> and you have Keith Green. I I frequently talk about his music. And how um, pointed it was at human condition and the need to change. 
So a lot of mm-hmm. times he's just labeled as prophetic because he has these these declarations. So in his one song, To Obey is Better Than Sacrifice, you have these lines like, To obey is better than sacrifice. I want more than Sundays and Wednesday nights. If I can't have you every day, don't bother coming at all. Yeah. Like even today, yeah. <laughs> could you imagine somebody putting that into a worship song? <laughs> nope. Like, so I think nope. like you almost had this raw honesty that happened yeah. in the seventies, eighties. I think like Sandy Patty, somehow we became like epic yeah, in our worship well, music. And I think oh, even, <laughs> well, I even think what you're referring to Scott is like also again, the difference between like Christian music and worship music. Like yes. back then, yeah. Like it was a lot of you might see a dance to this, but we're not going to sing. And I feel like now praise and worship is like taken over, where like that's what you're hearing on Christian radio. And then like here's a Toby Mac song, you know, yes. <laughs> or, or something like that. Or like now here's a Mandisa song, which is obviously not for your congregation. And now here's um uh, Big Daddy Weave's cover of Good Good Father. You know what I mean? So like there's yes, yeah. So there, I think like. There's a lot of people who are like, I don't like Christian music, but I love praise and worship. And now it's shifting towards that where sometimes you don't get to be as thoughtful lyrically because you're trying to write something that people will hear and connect with enough to go, oh, I get that. Let's, yeah. I'll sing that. Yeah. And, you know, I think that there's a place for both. One of the things I'm thinking about with the difference, and this kind of jumped out to me, but um there's this mashup of draw me close and shout to the Lord that Hannah and I like to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the lyrics on shout to the Lord, I was like, these are bold. Like just yeah. when it gets to the part, like forever, I'll love you forever. I'll stand. I was like, there's a lot though of songs that are very like, God, here's what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to love you forever. I'm yeah. never going, I will never fail you Lord. Things, things like that, which, you know, I'm kind of like, pump the brakes a little bit but now i think the flip side there's so many songs about like god i know that i'm a big disappointment i know that you would hate me if you were allowed to but you're not allowed to hate me so you have to love me and i'm gonna keep on trying even though i know that you don't want me anymore and it's like whoa 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 you're almost making this sound like a barry white song (laughs) it's always like we've gone from one end of the spectrum where we're talking about like how awesome we're going to be as servants for the lord to now like where we shouldn't like god is just dragging us across you know that's the the vulnerability movement like it's like cool to have problems sure well yeah and i think it's like there's a level of like Oh, the pa- the pastor said it, so I guess what I'm feeling is okay. Which there's a, there is a place for. It's not every yeah. song. <laughs> these not songwriters every song. are these songwriters were all the kids who had a cry night at camp that are now. <laughs> mm. uh, and that's like their foundation, right? <laughs> well, I mean, it's a joke. Um, yeah. we, is it? There's a niche. Is it? There's a niche. Um, pocket of worship music that I like to call the '90s Hillsong power ballads. Yes, which is like um, the Potter's Hand. Um, and oh, I just had another one. I don't know. Shout to the Lord is that Hillsong? I don't know. Um, if it's that style though, for sure. Wait, are you thinking of the was it Maranatha? Who's who did shout to the Lord? I don't even know. Maranatha did shout to the Lord. Let me look up. Do you mind if I look up the album? Yeah, I'm trying to think of the one. Oh, Shine Jesus Shine also. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 interesting to see these styles go. change. 
But again, mm-hmm. it's it's that thing like um, it's really easy to lose lose focus because you're like, oh, these chords sound nice together, so I'm just gonna do yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And there's yeah. there's a yeah. difference between inspiration, and I think that gets into us being born as um, to create. So yeah. s- sometimes when we're teaching on worship and talking about it, like Marty and I, we hit on the the idea that uh, as humans we're born with the ability to replicate. Mm. but to create uniquely only happens with god and i think you hear that in worship songs Mm -hmm. you hear that as people worship there are times Mm -hmm. where people are just replicating so you're like this does sound nice and this is put together but there's a lack of creative atmosphere where where something can happen and it really is just because, oh, yeah, you could put that together because we were born to replicate. I can mimic, you know, mm. but in order to have a unique experience, it takes the Holy Spirit. Right. Yeah. Amen. I remember there were two, the power of your love. Oh, close. And then the other <laughs> one. Now I know. I'll rise up like the eagle. That one, that yeah, the niche '90s hill song. That's like Darlene. Darlene Check. How do you pronounce Zesh? I don't Czech. know how you pronounce it actually. Check. Oh, whoops. <laughs> so, whoops. Sorry, Darlene. Um, <laughs> those were all her, I think. But still, there, that's yes, like yes. a niche. And it's pocket. interesting because you see, you, there was a shift when it wasn't really her leading as much. Yes. Like there was, it was. It's interesting because they were still popular. But nobody was like, oh, I'm so wrecked. You know, I'm so wrecked by this. Like you're saying, like right. power ballad. There was something powerful mm-hmm. about Darlene Check leading. And there still is oh, yeah. when you hear her do it. And you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, there's a difference between. And that's a thing. When you hear somebody anointed to lead worship, like it's their calling. Yeah. It's so mm. different. Like Absolutely. I, I forever call myself like a survival guitarist. Like I survive. Mm. Like I, I, it is widow's might. Every Sunday, when I, <laughs> I offer, I have no preconceived Good. ideas. I have Good. no like, and it's funny because Tabitha and I actually talk about this because I mean she she loves me, right? She is madly in love with me, but she's like, sometimes I wish you weren't a trained singer, mm-hmm. and it's her way of saying my background was really, and I struggle singing like worship songs because I am a trained singer and it will come out. My pronunciations will change. Yes, yes. Like very much how I do vowels. The resonance that I have in my voice, like trained (laughs) to have a lot of resonance. Like it's like so different than the style of worship. I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I wish we sang hymns because I could do this. I could could sing like the Brigadier, right? Like... (laughs) (laughs) i could do that but you know sometimes it's really hard but hearing somebody who's like oh this is your thing like this is your thing yeah like sometimes we we think that every worship leader in every church should be that and we don't realize this is a gift like there are people that are born to do this sometimes my frustration is uh in worship i'm like why don't we just invest in those people more like, mm. quit trying to say, well, I'm going to try to be like you. Just invest in that person. Sometimes you just get the person. Like, oh, I'm going to do that. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's something where, you know, I, I'm thinking about, you know, if if I can have a moment with the Lord when I'm watching, you know, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, or Air, or Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, or Barbie, you know, or any one of those movies, which is all true, then, like, of course you know, praise and worship music can and should be powerful. It is just, I think on the receiving end, it is, it's, it's a heart issue, you know, is your heart open to mm. receiving what, it, what it's going to be, you know, and can you look past maybe like, Oh, I didn't know any of the songs today or like, Oh, we sing, we sing this song a lot, <laughs> you know, yeah. or, mm. or if you can get past, that and look at the the deeper thing and i think that that's reflection you know if the most important thing is how the music sounds then it it could i would propose that it could be time to reevaluate you know what it could be time to reevaluate just in general um a couple of things because i've i've been there and i know a lot of other people have been there and while singing is important and it's beautiful and i love that we do it together Again, I'm I'm quoting Josh Porter a lot. You can't give your life over to a free concert and a weekly get together. You know, yep. like it it has to be more than it has to be more than a song. <laughs> I wish everybody could see how much everyone smiles whenever you say that. And that I mean that's really why we we were like talking about names forever for that podcast. And we realized that's our frustration. It's because so often it's not. So often yeah. it's not more than yeah. a song. Well, and I remember you did an episode where you totally turned me around on the father's house because there's a lyric in that song where he goes, uh, check your shame at the door. It ain't welcome anymore. And I was like, ugh, gross. Because yeah. I'm from New York. I don't really have a, I don't understand what check it at the door means. To me, I'm like, so that means <laughs> we pick it up later. But it, it boiled down to, I had a worship leader who would say before worship meetings, if you're having a bad day or like you're not feeling up to it, check it at the door. Yeah. We don't have time for it. Oh, don't bring like, that, that to work. Is... Leave that at home. Exactly. Mm, I was right. like, we're here to kind worship. Even though we're practicing, this is an act of preparation yeah. is an act of worship. You know? Yep. So, and, you know, just being able to go, oh, yeah, I've been, you know, I've let my feelings about something else impact every other lyric of the song which i really which i really like yeah so yeah yeah it's interesting you bring up the heart issue because you even see it in scripture um so in training teens i used to point out uh how elisha was trying to receive a word from the lord but he was angry he was Mm -hmm. actually struggling with anger so he says bring me a minstrel Mm. so i i cite that whenever people say well that's just emotional and I'm like, your point? Yeah. <laughs> like, your 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 point, there's emotion, right? I always laugh at uh, yeah. Charles Finney. Charles Finney, as a revivalist, used to get busted for emotion all the time. Well, you're just emotional, and you're just doing emotionalism. And at one point, he said, he used to whisper, <clears throat> he used to whisper his messages. And wow. he said in his journals, I had to whisper lest anyone fell off their chair. because they were so emotional like without him like doing anything he's like okay i'm whispering what else do you want me to do (laughs) okay wow like uh there's something about engaging your emotions like and allowing that to happen but the idea that music can help you process that i think there has to be some honesty when people come 
and say, okay, this is where I'm at today. So when it does yeah. say, like, check your shame at the door, it's yeah. really that, hey, that baggage was dealt with. So it's illegal, yeah. right? <laughs> and But Ooh. if nobody teaches that and nobody says that, which should be part of worship. Right. And and I think that's what I'll like kind of close out before we get into the game. What I'll what I'll, what I'll close this segment out by saying is that like if you hear a worship song or or just any song or you watch a movie and there's something in there that you think is awesome, I would encourage you to go and and look for the the parallel or the crossroad in scripture because mm. there's there's so much more, you know? Like there's so much more that you can that you can find, you know, I can watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Mutant Mayhem, and think about how beautiful community is, and then mm. go read a million Bible verses, and then, you know, I get to appreciate everything more. So that's the thing I, I would say is, you know, it it shouldn't just be alone. It should be, it should lead you to just spending more time and, and studying. You know what I mean? I'm saying go watch Shark Boy and Lava Girl and read Ephesians <laughs> 3.20. At the same time, and you tell me that drink, doesn't change drink. your life. I have a thing with uh with Mitch Luce, um, he because he asked me one time, you know, what's what's something that you studied recently that really rocked you and God, and I was like, Shark Boy and Lava Girl. I was like, it <laughs> tore me up, and we talked about it for a while, and he still brings it up to this day. It's like Shark Boy yeah. and Lava Girl because of like the message in there. If you you like, if you're reading it with scripture, like reading scripture and watching that, it's like crazy. Well, well you know, I love that. You know, it's gonna tear me up. Th- this game. <laughs> Games are all right. <laughs> What? No, I was just thinking about how happy I am that I don't edit the podcast anymore. <laughs> I, just, oh. I just put it up now. Are you going to put that sound cue in? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll drop it in. Thanks. Okay. Yeah. Do, 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 do. Games are. So we're going to play a game, which is that I'm going to tell you the title and maybe sing a little bit of a Ooh. worship song. And then I need you to tell me what decade that worship song came out in. Oh, my gosh. Ooh. So okay. your choices are 80s, 90s, 2000s, or 2010s. Oh, it's just the four? Just the four. Okay, Can 20s. I phone Marty? <laughs> no. Yeah, bring Go him in. in. Um, Riverside this FM. is completely randomized. Hey, guys, how's it going? It's me, Marty. This is how I talk now, by the way. Uh, there's nothing There's nothing intentional about it. It's completely random, and I put it through a, wi- a random wheel generator to see which order to go in, so keep that in mind. All right. But you'll work as a team. Yes. Great. And I cannot tell you who wrote the song. Um, I can only tell you the song and sing a part of it. Okay. Let me just check one thing real quick. Yeah. <laughs> what do we get if we win? What do we get if we lose? Zach, Scott. Mm. We're playing for our spot on the worship team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if... If we lose, I'll send my guitar to Jimmy. I'm kidding. I was going to say, who is the worship leader, who is drums, and who is on triangle? Triangle. I'm on drums, I think. Woo! (laughs) I love this band. I I felt so bad. I had to fill in at a church on drums for like three months. And like, I can keep a beat, but our other drummer is fantastic. So I felt so bad for when I was like, I, folks, I can play in four, I can play in six, but 
Don't expect anything fancy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm ready. Are we ready? Yes. Yes. First one. There is a redeemer. Oh, shoot. Would you like me to sing part of it? Just to clarify if it's the one that we're thinking of, because it could be a... There is a redeemer. Yeah, that song's Jesus, new. God's own son. I, I, I feel it was like is that eighteen nineties? What is that? <laughs> yeah, are we doing the eighteen nineties? It's, it's Melody uh, Green, and I feel like I was surprised a while ago because it was in the two thousands, but I could be totally wrong. Well, yeah, I believe like that I, though. Like some like a revival or. Yeah, I feel like it sounds older than it is because I like looked and I was like, "Oh, the two thousands or something." Yeah, and it sounds like two thousand one. Yeah, the work on earth is done. It's those little runs. The, da, da, yeah, it sounds like a, it sounds like a hymn. It does. That's crazy. It does. I believe. I I think that two thousand. I feel comfortable with that. Like a, I'm I'm gonna say the two thousands also. Scott. Yeah, we only do unanimous. All yes. right. <laughs> That was written by Keith Green. Oh, no. Oh, I do in know 2000. that. You yeah, know what? It's Melody so funny because I was and, picturing yeah. a woman singing it, but it is Keith Green. I do know that yeah. song. Melody and Green, too, right? Released in 1982. I feel like oh. a dope nut. Yeah, no, of course. Right before he died. The minute you said oh. it, I'm like, yep, I knew that. I knew that. Hmm. I led you all astray. I'm so sorry. That's okay. But that is very Keith Greeny. <laughs> like, and leaving I mean, your spirit he, till the work on earth is he done. He used so many styles. Yes. Like, thank you, oh my father. He could do a song in ragtime, and you know, people would be floored. <laughs> like, and it'd be a hit. So you want to go back to Egypt? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I will say. Can I say really right before we move on? Um, Lord, you're beautiful. Is a top tier worship song for me. One of oh uh, yeah, like do like a tiered list of worship songs. <laughs> oh, S tier, Godfellas, Godfellas after dark. Godfellas top tier yeah. worship songs. Yes, yes. All right, next one. Yes. Beautiful things. Oh 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 yes. It's got to be two thousands because it was popular in like two thousand and ten twelve. So do you think it came out earlier? Did it come out that? Because we sang it in 13. I think that album came out in 2006, but I could be wrong. I want to hear Hannah sing it. Me too. Yeah. You make beautiful things. You make beautiful things out of dust. You make beautiful things. (laughs) My guitar is way out of tune. (laughs) We talked about preparing as part of worship. <laughs> I was not prepared to play. Uh, I'm going to say that's 2006. Uh, I'm not going to be this specific, but it's got to be the 2000s. Yes. Yeah. And then carried over. It, it's right there. With I six bought pen- the album. Sixpence, none the richer. <laughs> I, I bought the I bought that album before I went to go see This Is Forty in the music the in the movie theaters, and This Is Forty came out in two thousand eleven or twelve. So it's definitely the two thousands, unless it came out in two thousand ten. But I think it's two thousand six, or maybe it's two thousand eight. Two thousand. You know the you year. To be that specific, Zach. It's yeah. Okay. I want to know. But if he's like right, the, the border between nine and ten changes the decade. 
That's the hard part. Because it, it was so popular in the early teens and the early yes. tens that it's like, that's yeah. dangerous. Let's go with thousands. The aughts. 2009. Woo! Well, well. That is border. You know, it's go! funny because I was thinking so about Keith Green. I'm like, why am I thinking 2000s? But that's when I like discovered Keith Green. Yes. Oh, yeah. That's, a, so I'm that's like, another oh, thing we need dang. to battle. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't even with like, us, unfortunately. When did yeah. you listen to it? Oh, that's hard. Okay. Go for oh. it. Cornerstone. Hillsong? Sing it. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood <laughs> and righteousness. 2013. Why are you so yeah. specific? Is that new? It's, I, it's because that's what I, I know, remember Scott, hearing. I, I it. gave you decades for he, a reason. <laughs> I know. I'm like struggling with the decades. I don't think and it's 2013. Like, I feel like I we remember sang that, at our that opening was weekend when I had my first Shamrock yeah. Shake and and the, the exact notes. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, and I'm like, Zach I don't wouldn't know, know that. Mm. Um, I had my it's first really shamrock sad. shake in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Zach remembers <laughs> when you had your first <laughs> first shamrock shake. Um, uh, it could be the 2000 because again, back to the point that Jimmy made. Where I don't it, even like, know who actually did that yeah. song first. That's the sad thing. And our, yeah, it, it was it was our singing company's choice piece mm. last year. So what? I feel like Aww. I should know it. <laughs> yeah, you could really divide that up. That's a great choice. Man. Are you going two thousand? Are you feeling two thousands, Jimmy? Because you were pretty. I'm thinking the aughts because I feel like it crossed over in the early two thousand tens so it was popular because like there's yeah, a there's like a two there's a period where a song kind of becomes and... part of it yeah and then it be really I, becomes popular sometimes i heard build my life on like a passion album and i was like i'm surprised oh, more yeah. churches aren't doing this and, and then was like, everywhere a year was later it was yeah. everywhere yeah yeah, yeah. And so and it's kind of like you have like that hipster yep. moment like i knew that song back in 2000 yep. yeah i heard I it and i was like this when... is I was like, this is like rich in theology and super easy. That's People like should be doing this it. This year, literally, the Dove Awards, like a week or two ago, Goodness of God won Song of the Year. And I'm like, yeah. that's yeah, a 2019 that's like song. Yeah. It's, like, that's in my head. That's a 2019 song. Yeah. I'm going to say, I will say, let's go 2000s, Jimmy. You feel All you right. feel good. You've I, Scott. I think it was more recent. 2010s. This might be recent. Let's, to me. let's let's Scott. Scott, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say the tens, the twenty. Right, I will the tens. tens. It's like ten. I'm not gonna be specific early. on year. Yeah. Twenty <laughs> ten. I was right. About what? 2013. Um, you're wrong, but by just a little bit. 2011. No. Nope. Twelve. 2012. Oh wow! Nice. Okay, so that song was oh, wow. Yo, they sang that song like as soon as it came out. Yeah, That's they did. Well, I feel I like that one also has because cor- the original cornerstone is like so classic. Churches yeah. were probably all over that. Mm-hmm. I remember it, Koinonia on Sunday night, Aww. first Sunday in college. Aww. Well, bless me. That was <laughs> like they did Lion and the Lamb. Yeah, my mm. freshman orientation oh. in college, and that was fresh. Yeah. yeah, like the what is it? Have it all album. Yep, I remember hearing mm-hmm. the Have It All album. They did that the whole first two months of college. I heard yeah. that, and I thought awesome. Faithful Till the End was really going to take off, and I mean, it kind of did. But mm. Lion and the Lamb, when I heard that, I was like, this is the new Our God. <laughs> I, I land in this weird thing, because I used to work for Morningstar Ministries, 
um, south of Charlotte, and that's where a lot of people came out of. So yeah. uh, Josh Baldwin is probably the most recognizable, uh, but the Hellslers, like uh, Jonathan and Melissa, yep. so Cageless Birds, that, that whole group, yep. um, they were students. So it, it's like I heard a lot of these songs as like Sunday worship. John Mark McMillan. So uh, yep. hearing he like what? he loves us, yeah. like mm-hmm. he was um, his dad was the pastor for the main congregation at Morningstar. So um, yeah, his dad Robin. So it's like uh, <laughs> wow. and because of that close ties with Bethel. So I heard a lot of those songs before they really invested mm-hmm. in everything. So it's kind of like, oh, when was it published? I don't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have no that's another this one. Is why I, I got to call Marty. <laughs> <laughs> so what Scott's saying Phone is that friend. he can get us guests. He can get us John Mark, who won't answer my emails, by the mm-hmm. way. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That would be fun. Okay. Next one is a song. I didn't even know who it was written by until I looked it up for this game. Oh my gosh. Uh-oh. 80s. I, I hope you got a memory for this one, Zach. <laughs> yes, yes. I love you, Lord. Oh, oh my gosh. I love you, Lord. Wait, wait, wait. No, Hannah's got to sing it. Hannah, you sing it. I love you, Lord. And I lift my voice. I mean, I just remember seeing it a lot in the 90s. Yes. It's got to be. I wasn't in the round in the 90s, but it. From what I'm, I know of that time, it sounds like it. I was around, but I wasn't in church. It say. was such a big boom in the '90s, so I, I, I will also say '90s. I want to say '93, just for fun. '94. It's the '90s. <gasps> but you want to know something the... crazy? '99. '99. Wow. What? That's wow. a border song. Yeah. So wow. many That's border Maranatha. songs. Maranatha. Yeah. I had no idea who wrote it. I just it's always been oh a song I've gosh. known, but yeah. I've never I've never known the origin. Um yeah, ninety nine. Well you were that a one year old when Whoa. that came out. Wow. I know. I've known it my whole life. I don't even know where it I don't even know where it came from. Like I don't know how my parents would have heard goodness. That's it's wild. just a song that I've always known. Wow. Mm-hmm. Crazy, right? Beautiful song. I love yeah. that song. Yeah. 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 That is a beautiful song. That's my go-to when I'm teaching singers. Yes. Um, that's my go-to like warm-up song mm-hmm. with them. Oh. Yep. Oh. During Aladdin, um, we did that one. Because oh yeah, we did that one too. Because everyone knows it. It's just yeah. It's great. Okay. Well, next open one. Don't you figure it out that's real soon. Nice. <laughs> I love love you, <laughs> Lord. Okay. Hello. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> All right. Next one. Jesus Messiah. Oh, Chris Tomlin. This this, this is the Jesus Jurassic Park Messiah. one. Yeah. The guitar riff is Jurassic Park. That's as much as I can sing out. Sid Redeemer, Emmanuel. Yeah, I, say also. I feel like 2000s. Yeah. Yes. I feel like that was 2008, feel, Hannah. I, feel I remember. Like <laughs> Here's what I'm going to say about why I think it's the 2000s. The intro riff is literally the theme to Jurassic Park minus a couple. Like, it starts like, do, 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 like oh, that. So I feel like we would see that more if it had come out in like 
you know, because I think early 2000s, the internet wasn't what it would become. <laughs> if there was social media. If it were like 2010s, we definitely would have heard more people like, yo, this is Jurassic Park. So that's what I'm going to say mm. 2000s. It's early enough to hide. I just yes. love this game to hear <laughs> Zach's mind How my work brain works live yeah. without filter. <laughs> that's true. All right. Well, that was, in fact, actually, Scott, 2008. Wow. Got it. Woo. Killing it. Oh, my God. Are you familiar with the song? Uh, I want to hear the intro. I, I I am. I had a picture. Okay, so where where did I sing the song and what was I doing? Uh, and having worked for a number of churches now, I was part of a church in Delaware called The Barn. That became a vineyard church, and that's how I got really tied in with the vineyard on the East Coast. Nice. But uh, I was like, okay, wait, I remember we sang that song, and I can remember hearing it on the radio. So I was like, oh, it's got to be around the time where I was there. So that's why I guessed mm. 2000. Right, here, 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 I pulled it up. I love that the imagery on this video is even coming into some island in the ocean like it is Jurassic Park. You know, whoever in the band was playing guitar that day, like they just was messing around with it, and then Tom was like, wait, 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 wait. And he's like, oh, no. Um. And then when it, Hannah just saw that movie in 3D, and uh, you know when that song. I thought it was 3D. It's a great song. Yeah. Oh, a, that mm-hmm. song makes me cry a little bit. It's very yeah. beautiful. Yeah, John Williams, what a gift! What a gift! Mm-hmm. Um. Uh. Okay. Next one. <laughs> do, do, do. Revelation song. I want to say two. Oh, it's got to be 90s, but. No. I feel like it's been a staple. song. No, can we sing it? Like, no. We gotta hear it though. We can't go it's on until tens. we hear it. Yeah, sing some we can't vote until we hear it. Awestruck wonder. The tense. At the mention of your name. I feel like it's the tens also, but this is another one that could have been right on the cusp. But I think I want to say, ooh, ooh, ooh. My sister sang it as a solo in church, but when was that? It was after she was married to her husband. So it would have been after 2008. Is it a border song? It doesn't help your case. (laughs) Uh, I think 2010. Maybe 2010 exactly. Okay, I'll trust you because I know I only heard it in 12. So I I do my thing like minus three years anytime I've heard a song the first time. Sometimes. (laughs) But it sounds like it's been around forever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm comfortable with 2010. 2010? Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> this is the best team. Uh, I can keep my podcast. <laughs> yeah. We... Rock. Amazing. We have a couple more. No. Yeah. Oh but no. We're doing so good. That's all we want to say. Ninety-two. Okay. <laughs> Next one. Yes. Great is the Lord. Um, can you sing? Great is, is the Lord, he is worthy, and just by his power we throw in his blood. 2017. Great is the <laughs> Lord, and worthy of glory. 
Eighties. I was flat. Could it be a two? 80s. Could this be a hey, throw? Sandy Patty, like two thousands, right? but it sounds like Sandy it's in Patty the 80s. singing that. Is it? Or is it, it one of the eighties? Like um, or is it Amy Grant? Is it in- or is this integrity worship? Ron, a little Ron Tucker action. Hmm. We I go, bring I the sacrifice up right. I believe Ooh. that this was launched on tape and eight track. So I'm gonna say eighties. No, I feel like it might be nineties, <laughs> but you're confident, so I'm gonna I'm gonna go yeah. with eighties. Sold. Nineteen eighty three. Yeah. By yeah. Michael W. Smith. Really? With yeah. mullet, right? With, with the with the glorious with Michael mullet. Smith. Um, oh, probably. Jimmy, Michael W. Smith is the guy who Mark Lowry got face surgery to look like in the um, special that I made you watch. Yes, I remember. Yes. And then also face one of Marcy's world. favorite worship leaders. Really? Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was called Face in This World. Yes, where he talks I about face in this world. He and then a pretty good impression of Then they turn him into Michael W. Smith at the end. And I was like, Jimmy will not get any of this, but nope. I'm appreciative. It was it. like... <laughs> yeah. <It> was like, <laughs> I've seen like foreign movies Sorry, that I, I, I resonate more with than Jimmy was like a 16 year old at the DMV like is it my turn? <laughs> is it my turn? <laughs> I don't get it we're All just right. pointing me where to go <laughs> All right. Yes, next yes. one because it's a long game by accident alright <laughs> by, by um, accident we're long winded that's what it is. break every chain Yo, to, to there times. is power that's well I feel like what's his name? Will Reagan put that out and then it blew up years later. Ooh. Cause I think he did it like as an acoustic, like United Pursuit song, and then like someone else heard it and made it a hit. So yeah, how gonna... does it make you feel like if you wrote the song and then the other band's version goes? I mean, it, it's glory to God, but that's gotta be like, oh man. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Like, what if citizens did our version of Rock of Ages and it blew up. And <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, like, well, I'd be happy that people get to credits. sing it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, actually. I wouldn't be that bothered by it now that I think about yeah. it. I'd be like, it's a blessing cool. if it got. Yeah, if it got out. Yeah. <laughs> I would for bit. selfish reasons. Well, sure, yeah. but like at at my heart, I'm like, I think they're like good lyrics that I. Would I love labor. To sing. I want my pay. <laughs> yeah. So we're thinking the thousands, and you thought you think this is a a a a, a, a later pickup. I think it is a later pickup. I want to say this one. Wait, thousands? You said thousands? Yeah, I want to say like 2000, two, 2008, maybe. Yeah. Scott, yeah. are you I'll comfortable trust with him. this decision? I definitely heard it the first time in the tens, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah, me okay. too. But I, it's just how early or how late. Yeah. 2000. 2011. Really? Oh, just barely. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, she's picking like songs that are. Hey, I'm yeah. doing yeah, better no, than There haven't been was, like solid. Have you noticed I'm putting them on the cusp of the decade? Yes, I yes. have. <laughs> I was I was playing along That's a, like a good game to does, the Godfella so. games, and I would have got thumped. <laughs> I was like, I I said I was in my they car, and I said out loud, "I'm so happy I'm not a guest on this episode." <laughs> you know what's so I funny? Know any of them. That because uh, I write the games and then I think I write it done I write it through and then I think this is too easy and then I I edit it but I think I should just stop because I think the too easy is hard enough yes and then I go through with an edit and it's like unbearable like no expert level 
Oh Expert my gosh! Level. I was Czar like, level. those two pre's are amazing because I was like, they were, not, they were nothing. so with it. I was like, mm-hmm. I would have gotten nothing. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I was just all the universities and, and stuff and like that. Like, yeah, yeah, that's like, like a niche for me because I'm like, clearly everyone knows where these Christian colleges nope. are. Who does? No. Like, well, no. this is even said, like I graduated top of my class from Baylor. I'm like, cool. <laughs> Cool. There well, were like even three like of when... them I didn't even realize were Christian colleges until they were on the list. <laughs> and I was like, what? I yeah. got like low-key kind of jealous when I heard their uh the Christian movies they picked for versus the ones I did. Because I know I got more, but I was like, you guys picked like good ones. Like I'm more impressed. Mine I just sat down and started talking, but mm. integrity. <laughs> integrity. Is, did, did integrity do the next uh. song? Oh, great segue. I've got two more. Okay. okay we bring the go. sacrifice of praise. Like First one. Good. We only missed two. Heart of Worship. Ooh. 90s. 2000? The yeah, I think 90s. This is one going Matt back Redman? to the cusp. I would say it's on the cusp. Uh, yeah, right Matt before Redman? 2000. So, like right before yeah, or after? 90s? Right before. Right 99. Before. Nine, yep, 98, 99. 99. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Ooh. All right, last so, one. Mm-hmm. I'm nervous about this one. This one is for the game, I think. Oh, Hannah's, yeah. Hannah's going to sing a Honey Initiative song. Jimmy, no, why did you I'm have? Kidding. That's a joke. Jimmy a joke. is like Pressure. all my chips in. I'm like, I'm happy keeping oh. some of my chips. <laughs> nope. I'll just lose the couple that I put out there right now. <laughs> I'm just keeping the rest of them. All, all right. right. <laughs> one thing remains. 2011. That sounds it's about on, right. It, ooh, 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 ooh. It's on the Bethel oh, Beatles High album. You love never, never fails. fails. Yeah, we gotta hear gives it. Up. It never it runs, runs out on. Me. Uh, wait, was it on the Bethel yeah. album first, or never did Chris Kilala do it with up. Jesus Culture never first? Either like way, it's the 2010. He did. I think he did with Jesus Culture first. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So then mm. that might have been 2010. Yeah, I would say 2010. I'm gonna say that. Yeah. Comfortable. 2010s. One second. It's funny. I was going to talk about that song earlier because I was going to say for like a year, you could not escape that song in mm. a worship setting. And now I never hear it. Like mm. we did it a while ago and people were like, oh, yeah, this song. Yes. Yeah, yeah this, that's, that's a whole genre, too, of like 90s songs, like when you or a song you haven't heard in a while and then you hear it. In yeah. Worship, so like, oh, yeah. I feel like I haven't heard a lot of Jesus culture. Like they no. were massively popular. Their new album is great. Hmm. It I, is, I and I really like. Um, I really like Kim Walker Smith's voice. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I love the Tor Waltz. Brian and Katie Tor, their stuff is great. Um, yep. So, honest, honest moment. I <laughs> wrote 1998 because I saw that Matt Redman wrote "One Thing Remains," and I was like, "Oh, that's the song." No. And then when you mentioned it, I looked it up, and it was in fact 2011. <laughs> Yeah. What's the Matt Redman one thing remains? I'll always I... love or something like that. Um, I don't know the melody at all. Mm-hmm. So, whoops. boys, the band is in. <laughs> we did. We did. Let's hear a song, band. Let's hear a song, band. That's mouth like a magazine by Showbread. Forever till the end. <laughs> I buy it. <laughs> I'll buy it on iTunes. Your mouth is Woo! like a magazine. 
yeah uh you know hey folks hopefully you enjoyed this we'd love for you to uh write in maybe share with us some of your favorite worship songs uh th- things like that um but before we say goodbye why doesn't everybody um in this chat suggest a worship song that people can go listen to right now and we'll even make a little playlist to uh go along with the episode but uh jimmy what's a, a worship song people can go listen to right now i need a second hannah what's a worship song <laughs> one this is more right like um i guess a rally song than it is like like it's it's definitely one for like a congregation and that's something i really love is um so it's called this is love which is a hymn but it's the color by taylor leonhart lionheart i think so mm-hmm. uh, did she it, also get her start at morning star i wouldn't be surprised no, i can't i actually <laughs> i know i heard i came across her name before like so it's weird that circles because did you guys ever listen to ihop stuff international like yeah. misty edwards and things uh-huh. like that there it was all like all everybody's worship school is always intermingled so mm-hmm. it's kind of fun <laughs> yeah it's good it's it makes me cry it's beautiful it sounds like a a group of people and and it's scripture it's, it's scripture. like it's straight up just scripture verses it's very repetitive and it's just it's very joyful and that's that's one i love right now this is love this is the song that i this is love by anchor hymns and taylor yeah yeah beautiful jimmy i would like to recommend belong to you by iron bell music it's a song i found on thanksgiving uh in 2017 the first year that my wife and i were married and we just i let the the music kind of be fun that time. And I, I played DJ while she drove and uh, we're like, let's just find some stuff that we haven't heard before. Cause it, we're kind of like in a worship rut and we found iron bell music, which is just a great band. And also, um, yeah, that's just the whole album is really good, but belong to you is a great, uh, great words, good theology. And it, it's just kind of cool. And it, it makes my heart sing. I just forgot what the name of the band was. It just comes up on the worship playlist. That's beautiful. One more, one more time, Jimmy, just so I can add it to the playlist. The here. song title is "Belong yeah. to You" yes. by Iron Bell Music. Belong to you. This is good content. All right, there. Yep, I see it. All right. Yep. And folks, uh, we'll put the link in the description. Scott, uh, I would recommend anything by Marty Michaels. Yes. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and I mean um, that. He's yeah. he's he's done a lot of like his own projects. That he recorded all the instruments himself, and he really did it as just a labor of love. So he he actually has a fantastic Christmas album. So it's mm. kind of getting close, and his his bleak midwinter really is just Gosh. hauntingly beautiful. So if you're in the Christmas spirit, I would say look up Marty Michaels' album and definitely give a listen to "In the Bleak Midwinter." Um. When you said it's getting kind of close, did you mean to Christmas? Because um, my I keep name looking in this at your name <laughs> is it is now Christmas. We're recording this on November first. It is now it is Christmas. Christmas. It is now Christmas. In this we household, all need it's joy. Christmas. Amen. We need a little Christmas right this very minute. <laughs> um. Yeah, I would also like to plug Marty Michaels um, with mm. all my heart because that makes me cry oh, every time so I hear it. It's so mm. beautiful. 
Uh, even uh, his beautiful. older stuff, Anything if you listen to like his Running Circles and album. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's just, man, man has a gift for uh, worship. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm. And then I'm going to plug uh, Paul Zach's new song, Well. Um, it is it is boppy. It's fun. It's catchy. Uh, I can't wait until he drops the chord so that we can do it with congregations. But um, that that song is called Well. And we'll add a couple other songs that uh, we've referred to and that we've uh, even played in some of the uh, the shows. Passion of the Christ episode, we played um, My King Forever by Scott's friend Josh. And um, we did There Is No Striving by Christ for the Nation. So we've played some cool worship music on this show, but we also want to hear from you about some of your favorites. So you can email the Godfellas. You can hit us up on social media, on our Instagram, on all that stuff. Special thank you to Mr. Scott Swires for giving us his time to come and talk to us. Thank you, Scott. It was all Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) It's not that good. It's not that good. It's not that good. <laughs> oh. But until next time, I've been Mr. Zach. I've been Hannah Hosanna. Oh no. I've been Someone Mr. called me that once. I've been Mr. Yeah. Jimmy. I have been the terror that flaps in the night. No, I am Scott. <laughs> no Darkwing Duck fans? Some I classic. Like Darkwing Duck. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Oh, I'm sorry. Well, the adventure is over. We're all heading home. But I hope that you know, friends, you're never alone.